You are listening to the Practice Growth Podcast with Sean Terrell. Welcome to the Practice Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Terrell, and really excited about this week's discussion with our guest, Dr. Jared Johnson. Dr. Johnson is the owner-dentist of Arctic Dental, which is a pediatric dental practice in Muscatine, Iowa. He's also a key opinion leader within the pediatric dentistry community and hosts his own podcast, the Sprig Podcast, where he talks all things pediatric dentistry. Dr. Johnson, it's great to have you on the Practice Growth Podcast, and thank you for making time to share your story. Yeah, it's great to connect with you. I remember connecting with you back in dental school and as a dental student, and uh, you just uh, bring so much wealth of information to the dental community, and it's much needed because it's not things that we get in school. So uh, happy to be here and happy to you know share my story. I really appreciate that. Yeah, for the audience and just for background, we've probably known each other close to 10 years. And yeah, just kind of stayed in touch via LinkedIn. And that's sort of what led to this episode was that I've seen you sharing some interesting things on LinkedIn the last, uh, I don't know, several months, if not years. And want to dive into those in, in a little bit, but maybe just for context uh, for the audience, could you share a little bit more on your background and sort of how you've reached this current point of your career? Yeah, so I uh, attended dental school at the University of Iowa. It was a great experience. And uh, at that point, I determined I wanted to be a, a pediatric dentist. Uh, many of you are probably like, what the heck? Why would you want everyone to do that? But I love it. Uh, every day is different. Uh, kids are so much fun. I mean, just an example today. So today I had this kid that had come to me before. He, was, he had to be put to sleep. He's eight and he fractured his front tooth and it's like gone. It's a pulpotomy and a crown. And he is like, there's no way he's getting, he's running back out of the car and we got him in the chair and we completed his pulpotomy. And I'm right now the crown's printing in my office on my 3d printer. And I'm going to put that in today. And this cause it's just going to be life changing for this kid. Uh, it's just so exciting that you can do these things and get a kid that won't even sit in your chair to the thing I got him on was I said, I'm going to fix your tooth today. And he, and I, his mom said, you gotta be good. And he put out his pinky to me and he, and he pinky swore. So that's what I got him <laughs> on. I said, you pinky swore that we're going to do this. I've never had anyone break a pinky swear with me. It's just fun stuff. And you got to have, you got to make a difference in, in their life. And uh, I'm excited to put that in, but th- that's just why I decided to do it. And I ended up doing a post-match. I didn't get into anywhere and went out, down, out to Las Vegas. Great experience down there. They only have an orthodontic as a specialty. So we were doing crazy stuff with oral surgery, taking out mesiodens, just things that you wouldn't normally get. And that really led to me wanting to, I guess, challenge myself to take on as much as I could and try to take it, care of these kids the best I could. Because not every kid in my community can go to an endodontist. They don't take Medicaid. So it's, I mean, it's good for that I can do endo. I had a kid yesterday that she was super nervous. The mom's a dental hygienist and is the, one of the helpers in the area of getting kids to her office. And she, she just had a wonderful experience and she was so nervous. And just to be able to keep that in-house and not have that patient have an experience they should have had and have a lifelong of challenges at the dentist. Just good to be able to do that for, for some of these families, even if they're paying cash too, the nervous ones. So great experience out there. And I just decided I really enjoy, uh, I guess, talking. I'd, if I could podcast and lecture all day, that's what <laughs> I would do. Like, I love that. It's just fun to meet people. I think the biggest thing I like about that is the relationships you build with people. And I mean, this is just an example of one. Sure. From when you were doing lunch and learns, I was a lunch and learn court. Just life is about 
relationships. And I can't tell you how many opportunities I've had because someone saw the podcast or saw what I was posting. And just like you reached out and said, Hey, do you want to come on this and, and talk about your experience in dentistry and how you've grown? So uh, I have very successful office. I, I opened it on my own scratch start. We're, we're very successful. We're still working on things. We're still trying to grow. We're still trying to pay down our debt, but it, it just, it's fun to have something on the side. I, I think uh, down the future, there'll be more opportunity, but I'm just a young buck right now in this field. So five or six years in uh, to owning your practice, is that a rough estimate on the timeline? Yeah, we're six. So I'll be seven years this July. Is okay. So open. still relatively young in your career. What if you could come up with a couple of things or a few of the key takeaways or a few of the big things that you've learned in the uh, the first six, seven years of your career and your practice that you think would be helpful to share with not only other general dentists, but other pediatric dentists as well? I think first, let's look at our work. I mean, the first thing is to always be improving because you're going to make mistakes. But if you're making the same mistake over and over again, well, it doesn't matter what it is. It can be dentistry. It can be at home. It can be financially don't do the same mistake over and over again. I mean, I had a problem with some of my class two amalgams. I wasn't making them deep enough and I had to replace some for these patients. And I did it for free because that's, that was the right thing to do at the time. I don't do that anymore. I learned that I need to make my <laughs> box deeper and I'm not going to have as many failures. It's not fun to have to work on a kid twice. Um, but if, if you don't realize that and you keep doing it, you're going to keep losing money and the patients aren't going to be happy. They'll probably come back but they're not going to be happy. And it's not, it's just, that doesn't happen. I hate when stuff fails, but if it fails, figure out why. And there's always going to be failures. If it's something that you see consistently though, that's a problem. If it's every once in a while, that's, that, you know, it, that, that happens. The only permanent thing we do in dentistry is extractions. I'll say um, that's probably one of my, one of my tips for people. Um, I would also say, if you make a mistake, admit it there, it's, it's really important. Um, it's okay to tell people it didn't work out. Like this, this didn't work out. I, I, an example is the other day I had just gotten back from vacation. We were like triple booked on our ops. And then we added another op on after I said to the staff, no more ops. And I was, I was mad. And the issue was that that patient actually did have an appointment at that time, but the person who made the appointment didn't put them on the schedule, but gave them an appointment card. Hmm. And so the receptionist put them on and I was upset and I, everyone could tell that. And it was, I, I was not appropriate to be upset because we did the right, th she, she did the right thing. She put the patient on. That's what should have been done. We'll fit him in. So I, you know, after I was done with the morning, I calmed down. I went and I apologized to her. I said, I'm sorry. I, I did not mean to act that way to you. I was frustrated at the time and I apologize for that. That's my fault. I shouldn't be doing that. And your staff should be doing that too, but be honest with people. When you make a mistake, just go with it and admit it. And you're going to come out looking better and build more trust with people and be more well-respected. And I think that's really important. So keep learning and be willing to admit mistakes are the, the two big things that I heard from you. And that's, that's really interesting because I heard that in your podcast, as well as I listened to it, um, this sort of a mindset of it's okay to say that you don't know, or it's okay to say that something didn't go as planned. You did the best you could with the available information that you had at that time. And it didn't turn out exactly how you wanted it to. And that's refreshing to me because I try to approach things in a similar way. And in my industry, in the financial services industry, 
Um, I think there's this pressure, maybe even an expectation where everyone has to display 100% confidence about everything all the time. And the reality is that no one can see the future. So um, no, that's, that's, that's really cool. Uh, shifting yeah, another gear, thing that go ahead. you just mentioned something. Another thing that is really important is tagging onto what you said. No one can predict the future. Um, great book. If you have time to pick it up, Crucial Conversations. But most of the time, our fear that we have in life is about something that's never happened. <laughs> right? So you might be sitting there and you're like, worried about something but it hasn't happened yet so why are you wasting all that time worrying about something that may never happen and you're in charge of the situation uh, at our ada meeting we had the uh, the keynote was michelle polar great speaker and she did a video contemplation of her fears and she did 100 days of videotaping her fears and overcoming them and one of her last one was giving a ted talk and the person that was taking her on stage said what's the worst that could happen and she turned around and said, that is the worst thing you could say to someone because now they're thinking about all these things that could happen. What's the best thing that could happen is what she said. And that's just kind of a message I took from her. And I I try to do my best, but I still do worry about things, but it, I try to manage it and and know that we can make things better. Like if we have a difficult patient in our chair, a difficult situation, if we approach it in a positive way, we're more likely to be successful than if we're worrying about something that hasn't happened yet. I'm interested in how you have evolved into to sharing openly and and putting yourself out there. I guess broadly speaking, is that something that you come by naturally? As it relates to writing articles for for trade pub- publications, hosting a podcast, um, just some of the things that you share video wise on social media. Where does that come from, and um, what do you what do you gain from it, and what do you learn from it? Well, I think education is really important to me. I, I always feel like I'm always learning. Like we just got the 3D printer this year and it's going to change our practice. I can tell you we're going to be doing more same day grounds. Like I just mentioned, it's going to change these kids' lives. It's it's just fun to continue to learn in dentistry. And there's no right or wrong way to practice, but to share more practical information that people can use and take it home the same day and be successful. I, I think we're very successful at our office at doing things. And I just want to help others understand that there's, we may walk into a room and our treatment plan may be X, Y, Z, and we end up doing ABC and that's okay. We're doing the best thing for the kid at that time. So that's been fun. Um, I really enjoy it a lot. I think my first few podcasts were not my best, but I think you know, socially involving into this, you kind of learn what works and what doesn't. Uh, by all means, I am an introvert. If you uh, meet me in a in a social situation, I'm, I'm not the most talkative, but it's kind of a way where I can have some more fun with it. And I don't know, it's just it's just great to be out there and see what other people are doing and build these relationships. It's interesting that you mentioned that you're an introvert because that was sort of my impression of you as well. And then I see you on LinkedIn, really kind of putting yourself out there and being vulnerable with, you know, hey, it's probably not going to come out my mouth exactly right. Or, you know, some of this is trial and error. Um, So I was really intrigued by that because that's not something that's easy for people to do. And do you sort of force yourself to put yourself out there uh, with sharing your thoughts, sharing your opinions, things like that? No, I, I see opportunity in it. And that's what excites me. I I love doing this stuff. And I'll tell you that from a standpoint of getting more lectures and more speaking, LinkedIn's where I need to be. And I wasn't on there. Uh, from a standpoint of 
being in, in front of dentists, that's Facebook and Instagram. So there's different ways to to go about it, but I don't force myself. I try to do a few posts every week. I try to do a video post with me in it talking. I don't know if that's exciting or not, but they say videos get more views. But ultimately, um, I started this because I want to make a business. And I'm, I'm in January, I'm launching a mentorship group for a small group of dentists. Uh, first few months here will be for free. And then we'll, we'll have a charge after that for a, a subscription to get together and we'll talk and be like-minded people and, and share. Our first one's going to be on how to talk to difficult parents. And I mean, I just had a situation today and we had that kid that had trauma with his front tooth and he needed to be taken care of that day. So we added him on and one mom had to wait and she wasn't happy. And the staff came to me and said, what do you want me to say to her? And I said, I said what I shouldn't, have, I didn't want to say it. What I really wanted to say was this kid busted his tooth and he, you need to just wait uh, in a not so nice way. But I went out and talked to the mom. I said, oh, thank you so much for waiting. It's so great to even patient. We had a young kid that was an accident. He was about ready to lose his front tooth and we just needed to fit him in. So I appreciate you waiting. And that put that mom in her place and she understood then. But if I didn't think about how to approach that, in an appropriate way, that situation could have ended up a lot worse than it did. She was then understanding because of the way I approached it. So we're going to, there'll be situations that we'll give you in this group that will talk about things like that, that, I mean, that's not stuff you get taught in dental school. It's just how to tackle these. I've got so many that experiences that I'm going to put in there that it's going to get some good group discussions. So uh, I'm really excited for it. Uh, working on next week, I got a meeting to get the CE secure, secured. If you want to do that, you have to purchase that for the first three, but uh, it'd be very affordable for the first three if you want to purchase an hour CE with it. But love to have you join me. I think it's on the 26th or 27th of January in the evening. We're working on getting that out. And that's really what I want to do with with all this. That's what this is building up to is to okay. being able to offer my own CE because these CE companies are making they're making a lot of money. And not a lot of it's going back to the educators. And I think if I take it on my own, I can do it more affordable and also just be myself. I don't have to worry about a company sponsoring me and talking about products mainly that, that they want to talk about. I can talk about what I want to talk about. Right. And you're a dentist, so <laughs> you have real world experience that you can share with other dentists. Um, related to that, and I did not know that that was sort of the buildup to kind of what you were looking towards, but how are dentists now sharing ideas or sh getting feedback from other dentists? And I guess with your CE, how do you hope to Im improve on that experience for other dentists? Yeah. Oh, so, well, we can, this can be a good one. Um, so <laughs> I think a lot of dentists are on the Facebook groups posting stuff. And I think that's good. Uh, it used to be kind of dental town was one of the spots. I still post on dental town. Downtown's a little more um, snarky, I guess, which is yeah. fun. Um, but I have fun on there. I, that doesn't bother me. I, I've got thick skin. Um, but the Facebook groups are where a lot of people are going to get their information. The pediatric dental, plural, pediatric dental pearls, dental nachos. Um, a lot of those. There's a ton of them out there. There's almost too many. It's like you get on Facebook and all you see is dentist stuff now. But <laughs> <laughs> Facebook um, thinks I'm a dentist too, based on some of the things I like and have an interest in. But continue, please. <laughs> yeah. And then the CE is like, this is going to be this group I'm creating. It's it's going to be cool because it, you're going to have access to me. I I'm where if you're a young dentist, I'm where you were just a few years ago. I've been there, and I had I have the debt. I'm almost done with the, my student debt. I've been there, and all these things they don't teach you in dental school. 
how to build a practice. What do you need to order? I mean, just like think about all the things you need to order. One of the things that I, I think about is like, no one told you you're going to need to order an envelope that has the box that you fold the ADA claim form to send out the ADA claim form in the right spot so you don't have to make an address label. They make that. But do you have that at your office for when you need to print a claim because it didn't go through electronically? Like those things are like, it's like you don't figure that stuff out right away. And you got to learn. There's so much technology out there. You got to learn what can make you what can make you better, make you more efficient. And right now we're looking at my office on how how we can kind of auto, automate things a little bit better. What can we automate? We just started using Zen supplies. And last year, I, I've cut my supply bill by, I think, 5%. And I saved $30,000 by paying them $129 a month. Hmm. That was a good investment. Yeah. Uh, just things that are out there. You don't, one of the things I buy is $380 of Patterson Dental. I get it through Zen Supplies from a reputable supplier in the US, Dental City, for $170. And when I order, that's my main restorative material. And I, why don't I order that? I already paid for the whole year. So that's just one example. Other things aren't as big, but. Um, the CE is going to be cool. We'll talk about all that stuff. We're going to start doing some lit review uh, when we come out with some interesting articles. I'll pull those related to pediatric dentistry and they're going to be interesting. It's not going to be like a study that doesn't matter. It's going to have a study that really has an impact on our practice. I mean, recently we had a few good ones in the APD journal and it's just going to have an impact that brings you up to date on what's happening within the pediatric community in the literature. And I think that's important to follow because that will kind of show us our trends. And then what I'm really excited for is with this 3D printer, we're going to be scanning some kids' mouths that are real life situations. And I'm going to print you a model and we're going to do some difficult cases together on restorative dentistry. And you can do a real life simulation of what we do every day and get better. And I think that excites me because it's not going to be easy stuff. It's going to be... It's going to be a little bit of a challenge, but we'll get through it together and have some fun. And I'm just excited to see where this goes on, on this journey. And it, it's going to be a little bit of work, but that's the exciting part. It's another adventure. So maybe just for clarity, the, the mentorship program is with the CE program or separate from? Correct. Yep. So okay. we'll meet probably once a month, maybe twice. Uh, and you'll get a, you can get an hour CE each time we meet and be good discussion and good camaraderie sharing cases and just real life stuff and it's physically in person or some of it is going to be a no this is all going to be over zoom so okay. if you're in you're in another country or you're sitting over in california uh one of my buddies is out in california he'll be one of the guys running it with me but yeah we're going to be on, we'll be zooming and talking and We'll usually have a short little lecture and then discussion to follow and then come back together as a group and, and discuss what, you, what each of the small groups decided that was important to them. Yeah. So many irons in the fire. You are practicing dentistry. You are running a business. You are working on the CE and the mentorship uh, program. Uh, I also am aware that you have a young family. H how do you balance all these things and make sure that your, your time is and your energy is divided appropriately among everything? It's not always the easiest thing to do, but I think if you have a passion for things, you're, you'll you'll make time for them. Uh, we have a fun time when I come home from work. I don't typically I don't do anything till the kids go to bed as far as work, unless I'm behind on something. So that's a lot of time. That's no different time. I mean, once they're in bed, it's no different than me being gone at the office. Um, 
my wife helps out a lot with taking kids to school and things like that. So I, I'm appreciative that she's able to do that and stay at home two days a week with, with our son and have some time with him. She really enjoys that. So, you know, having a, a good partner in this has been a journey. And she also, I mean, when, she, when I'm successful, she's successful because we're, we're a team. And I think having that mentality helps a lot that she can pick up on things and but then when she needs me to do something with the kids so she can go out and get her nails done or go to the store, then, you know, I can take care of them. And a lot of times I don't really do too much on the weekend except for when the kids take naps. So I, it's it's good to have time to do stuff, but also it's good to be at be at home and be with the kids because they're getting bigger. They're only young once. I can relate to that. I can definitely relate. So I want to circle back to something that you mentioned a little while ago in terms of different social media platforms. So between LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, how are you connecting with with different people, different dentists, or even the public that you're maybe trying to attract new patients from? How does that all fit together? Well, I think, I mean, I post the same thing on all the networks through, okay. I use Sprout Social. So, I mean, that's not different. I think um, each, each platform is different. I think if you're looking for to be... A KOL, or if you're looking for more to attract more dental companies, LinkedIn is by far where you're going to get more interactions with with companies because that's just what I've seen. I started posting there, and I went from like three profile views in the last ninety days to like seventy is my average right now. So I think LinkedIn's where you need, and LinkedIn's kind of it's it's kind it's slow. It's you're going to see posts from a few days ago from. Mm-hmm. So they repeat stuff and it, it's a little bit slower paced than Facebook or as Facebook, it's kind of their algorithms, like what's hot now? We want to show that. And I think if you post on all of them, the same thing, it's not a harm. Instagram is more about hashtags and, and that tagging people and mentioning them. Then Facebook, it's more, it's harder. I think getting harder, it's getting more crowded. Um, but if you're posting, posting in a group or something, rather than just on your personal page, I, I I have not had much traction besides my friends on my personal business brand page. I think it's just, I think that's just the nature of way that Facebook's just so crowded. So um, Twitter's more of a news thing. You can, I do post there, but I don't really log in and check that. It's just to, to be seen, I guess. How did you go about starting the podcast? What led to that? I just had an idea and I knew that I didn't have the resources to do it on my own. And Sprig, I reached out to him and I said, hey, I'll do 10 podcasts for this much money. If you don't like it, we're done. If you like it, we'll keep going with it. And season two came around. I was like, are we going? Are we not? And they're like, oh, yeah, we, we're going. And I, I was behind. So I'm a little behind on that. I've got a bunch of guests lined up. Uh, but yeah, I, we it really started from just wanting to be in the forefront of education. And it's fun to talk to people and fun to talk to businesses because a lot of it is based on my experience is what comes of it. I, I find a problem at my office. I find someone to help me with the solution. And then that works. I want to share that story with people because we're all dead. We, this is all things that we weren't taught. And if we can share that story with more people, more people can be successful. Even the businesses we bring on, you know, they don't, they they're in business, but it's, it's really a story and a conversation of, of information. So it, it's been really fun. So maybe bleeding into to my world a little bit more, the financial world, you talk to a lot of dentists on your podcast, and I don't know if it dips into those topics, but it seems like you're in communication with a lot of dentists. What are some of the big financial issues that you see dentists facing today? 
I think for, I mean, young dentists, for sure, student debt. I mean, that's massive. I think average is now over 250. I don't remember the numbers from the ADA, but some of these dental schools are now $100,000 a year to go to. And it's, you're not going to be able to be affordable. I think the average salary for a dentist in New York coming out was $80,000. That is that low for New York. (laughs) Yeah. You can't pay back your, your $600,000 in loans from NYU with an $80,000 a year contract. And Maybe some of that's mixed in with GPR students. I won't get into that. Um, but also now financially, you can't just go and do what I did and open your business. You got to have money down. So if you want to start, you got to have some money packed away. And if you're paying down your debt, how are you ever going to start your own practice or buy one and get it financed? It's, I think we're, we're entering a world where we're going to have some changes. And I think maybe not for the better. I think we might be heading down a, a different road than the past, but we have to adapt and figure out ways. I, I would love it if the ADA would come up with a credit union and we all make money off the students at a lower rate and help them out. But we also have a safe, solid investment to know where we can put money and not have a high risk when we're ready to retire. I think there's ways we can tackle it, but uh, maybe a lot more needs to be invested in that than I know about. So you hit on student loans, which is always one of the biggest topics that I encounter as well. And you mentioned a little bit earlier that you were able to, or almost able to knock out your student loans at this stage of the game. What was sort of your, your strategy around those while we're on the topic? Yeah. So my advice to anyone would be put your loans in income-based repayment and do go on studentloans.gov and see what your full payment would be. And pay your minimum income base for payment and then take the rest of the money that you would owe in your whatever five, your 10 year, or 20 year, or 30 year plan, whatever it's signed up to be and target that money to your highest interest loan. So you're still making your full payment for the term that you want, but you're reducing your interest and start with the highest interest loan, tackle that one, get rid of that one, and then pick out the next one and the next one. And you'll, you'll dwindle it down to. The lowest interest ones. And, you know, once you get to a payment that may be more affordable, start investing some money and don't tackle all of it because that investment's going to grow. So you can still pay your loan, but you can also look at, you know, planning for the future as well. And it just it, it's been really successful strategy for me. I'm down to three loans. I think I owe $150,000 and I think I'm going to be able to take care of that pretty shortly. So I'm pretty excited about it. And that will be a huge burden off my back. Uh, And then from there, I can start planning for my family's future and, you know, doing a few more things that my wife and I want to do and work less and do more of the things I love. So, I mean, it's all about, I think you talk about financial freedom and that's not a bad thing, right? Because look at all, I was just talking to someone about DSOs the other day and should you sell or not? It's like, you have all this debt and you sell to the DSO to pay off your debt. Now, what you just what did you just lose? You lost your cash cow, your production, right? So right. now you just sold the thing that makes you the most money. Why? Why would you work that hard to sell the thing that makes you money if you want to keep working? It's different if you don't retire, but it makes no sense to sell the thing that made all the money to pay off the debt. When If you just keep going, you're going to get there. You'll get there. It's It's not about... It's not about being done today. It's about being done and being successful at the lifestyle you want when you are done. You got to look about at the future and not just look at the debt. Yeah, that's interesting. And 
someone, I can't remember which guest on my podcast, and it might not even be released yet, but I've recorded a bunch here recently mentioned that same objective of, of people selling to a DSO much earlier in their career uh, while they still want to practice for another 10 or 15 years. And I think the example, and I asked the same question, why would you sell? And they said, well, some people just kind of get tired of the ownership game and want to take some money or some chips off the table. So that was the response I got, I guess, to each their own was, was my takeaway from that. There's so many things you can outsource now. Uh, and I don't know. I just think you can, you can pay someone to do almost a lot of the things that a manager would do at your office and walk in and do dentistry. You, you can. You can automate, automate things. Just There's so much technology out there. I think you, from that aspect, you're not... I, I don't know who it was, but I, I think you need to look at, if you're in that situation, I would first look at things that I can do to take things off my plate. Like, is there a better solution? Than is there a better that? solution for billing? Right. For, yeah, for how can we solve this problem where I don't have to work as hard? Because there's technology out there that does a lot of the stuff we do. Like, we just switched to QuickBooks Online this year because I got a new CPA because mine um, moved on. And he said... You're not going to be doing your payroll taxes anymore. It just goes automatically. I was doing that. It took me like an hour every month to to do that. Reconciling the bank accounts. It's all checked in from linking to the accounts now. So I spend less. I save at least two hours every month by adopting that technology. And that's just one example of many that are out there for you at your office. And if there's something you don't like doing, then let's find out how you don't have to do it, right? Sounds like a good uh, topic for a, a CE program or a mentorship program, huh? <laughs> there's just so, yeah, there's so many things that I've learned and that's exactly why I'm starting it. And I would love to, if you're a young dentist, I'd love to have you on the, uh, in the group. You don't have to be a pediatric dentist, but that's what we're focused on. But it, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to create a lot of relationships and hopefully we'll be able to get together at the national means, have a beer and, and enjoy just a casual conversation after. So we're uh, sort of getting to the end of our time here today, Dr. Jared, but is there anything that I haven't hit on or haven't asked you about that you would feel important is to share with the dental community? Oh, geez, that's a wide open question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just enjoy your ride. It's, make a, it's a great career. It's rewarding. Uh, if you need a break, take a break. Refresh yourself. You don't have to be on all the time and just enjoy it. It's, it's fun. It may seem stressful at times, but it's also, I know I feel like, I don't know what I would do if I didn't work on teeth. I, I think it's a great profession. Well, for people that are interested in learning more about you, learning more about some of the new things that you're working on, what's the best way to connect and, and get in touch with you? I think probably Instagram would be, I guess, pertinent or LinkedIn, but Instagram would probably be at jared.j is my tag, I guess. And that'd probably be the, the way to, to follow things. That's where I'll typically post most of the stuff if I'm on my phone and I'm not posting through Sprout Social. That's where I'll, I'll typically post through and then it goes to Facebook and Instagram. So I'd say that's probably number one. And yeah, if you have anything that is a burning question or desire as a, as a young dentist, you know, just send me a message. I'll make a post on it. We can all learn together and have some fun. If you're questioning something, you know, I probably did the same thing at, at some point in my career. And if there's something that comes up that I'm questioning, I'll, I'll find a solution and I'll share it with you. So that's probably where I'd reach out to me. Got it. That is Dr. Jared Johnson, pediatric dentist and owner of Arctic Dental in Muscatine, Iowa. 
really enjoyed the conversation today, Dr. Jared. Thank you for sharing your perspective and for being a guest on the Practice Growth Podcast. Yeah, absolutely. It's been uh, full circle getting back with you and seeing you again here over Zoom. And I appreciate you reaching out to me. And I've had a lot of fun talking to you today. Thanks for listening to the Practice Growth Podcast. For more information about ongoing financial planning for dentists, you can visit DentistExit.com. And there you can find more information about us and our firm. You can sign up for our email newsletter. You can learn more about the Elements Financial Planning System, or you can schedule a phone call with Sean. That's me. As for the boring legal stuff, Terrell Advisors LLC is a registered investment advisor. The information presented should not be interpreted or construed as investment, legal, tax, financial planning, or wealth management advice. It does not substitute for personalized investment or financial planning from Terrell Advisors, LLC. This podcast conveys the views and opinions of Sean Terrell and his guests, and the information herein should not be considered a solicitation to engage in a particular investment or financial planning strategy. Information presented is for educational purposes only, and past performance is not indicative of future results.